If the college basketball season ended today, which Andy would be really silly, who would be the conference players of the year in the Power Six conferences? Zach Eady and... You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. We're your hosts, Andy Patton, and I'm Isaac Shade, and it's so good to be with you on a Friday to get ready for another great weekend of college basketball. We're getting into the doldrums of late January. I live in the Midwest, and my pond was frozen over this week. I'm sledding on it, Andy. It's the weirdest thing, Uh, but that's where we're at, so college basketball is our respite from all that malarkey. Uh, By the way, if you want to join us in talking college basketball all the time, come join our Discord where uh, we're just all day long talking college basketball. It's free. The link for that is in the show notes. We'd love to have you there. Lots of everydayers in there, and you can be part of it too. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Coming up on the show today, Andy, the theme of it feels like the last week and a half or so has been ranked teams going on the road to play unranked teams. We got eight more of them this weekend. So Andy and I are going to talk about those, give you our predicted record for those eight games. We've also got some other great games this weekend. I think it's three AP ranked on ranked matchups along with several others. We're going to find out how legit Alabama is as they head to Tennessee. But Andy, where we want to start first is looking back at our conference Power Six Player of the Year predictions, but we want to update that and say who we would pick today if we were doing it all over again. We're going to take the Power Six conferences in order alphabetically, starting with the ACC. Now, uh, preseason, this was one of two conferences where you and I both picked the same person, and that was Mr. Kyle Filipowski from Duke. By the way, in our uh, India, like, emoji neither of us had rj davis on our first team all acc so that was a big miss for us let me give you um who ken palm and torvik has currently as the top five in this conference and then uh, we'll update our pick to see if we've still got flip or somebody else ken palm's top five are flip rj davis from north carolina pj hall from clemson armando baycott from north carolina and judah mintz from syracuse Torvik uh, has mostly the same people. RJ, PJ, Flip, top three, just in a different order. Jeremy Roach from Duke, and then Joe Girard, former Syracuse, now at Clemson. Andy, are you sticking with Kyle Filipowski, or are you getting off of the Flip train? Yeah, I'm going with RJ Davis. And I I start when I'm looking at preseason, or when I'm looking at in-season predictions, I basically start with looking at who is the best point guard on the best team in the conference? Because that is often the person who wins the award, is up for the award in that conversation. It's obviously not always a point guard, but it's typically somebody on that best team. And as we'll notice that theme as we get through a couple of the rest of these predictions here for different conferences. But in the ACC, R.J. Davis is the best player, the best guard on the best team in the conference. And he's the guy. And I think the big conversation here, and especially when you consider that we didn't have him in that uh, in our first team when we made the preseason predictions, is that it was kind of unclear what Davis was going to look like without Caleb Love. And I think that was the big kind of question for North Carolina is, is what is this team going to look like post Caleb Love? 
are the pieces they brought in going to fit together? And, and a huge shout out to Hubert Davis. I feel like there's a lot of coaches who struggled with roster construction this offseason, and it doesn't feel like Carolina did. They made the right moves. They, I know Cormac Ryan has struggled to shoot, but he fits much better uh, alongside Davis than Love did. Uh, Harrison Ingram's a great fit, and you kind of put all those pieces together, and R.J. Davis having a phenomenal season and helping this team be one of the few undefeated teams remaining in conference play. I also went with RJ Davis for this one for the exact same reasons. Best player on the best team. You talked about point guards. Uh, the last two ACC players of the year have been Isaiah Wong and Alondis Williams. Again, both point guards. Andy, I think Elliot Cadeau has also been really big for RJ Davis, who, by the way, Davis is now shooting 41.9% from three, 95.7% from the free throw line, and has 11 games this season of 20 or more points. Moving over to the Big 12 preseason, I went with Hunter Dickinson. You went with Tyler Perry over at Kansas State. Uh, the current top five right now at Ken Palm is starting with Jamal Shedd, Hunter Dickinson, Kevin McCollar, Timon Lipsy, and Emmanuel Sharp. Torvik has a similar group, McCollar and Dickinson at the top, Emmanuel Miller from TCU, LJ Cryer at Houston, and then Jacoby Walter yeah. at Baylor. Um, Isaac, I'm guessing you're not going with Tyler Perry uh, for your pick here. Uh, did you go with Dickinson? Did you go with somebody else uh, in the Big 12? What's funny is I looked at, I was like, man, Tyler Perry just had to, his numbers are better than I thought they yeah. were, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sticking with him. I think he's eighth at Torvik right mm -hmm. now. Um, in, if you watch back our Big 12 preseason show, mm -hmm. I just said, I just don't feel good about Hunter Dickinson as mm -hmm. the player of the year. Well, listen, hand up, big time <laughs> wrong on that one. Yeah. Uh, Andy, I think we're kind of choosing between he and Kevin McCullough here mm -hmm. and I went with Dickinson I think because it's the sexy splashy thing it's the yeah. numbers it's the very overt things mm -hmm. that voters often look at and so I'm gonna go with Hunter Dickinson here for my choice now if for some reason Kansas gets picked off a couple times mm -hmm. and like Houston's able to rise up I really wouldn't be surprised to see it be Jamal Shedd or LJ Cryer but I think Dickinson is the safe choice for me Shed had an absolutely extraordinary game uh, on Wednesday evening, 29 points. I think he shot 75% from the field. He had 10 assists, just a monster game from him. Um, but yeah, I'm going with McCullar. I'm sticking with Kansas, obviously not going with the point guard here. No disrespect to Dewan Harris, but it feels like it's a two-man race between Dickinson and McCullar, especially if Kansas stays in that conversation. And, and I think it's really close. McCullar is, as of right now, averaging slightly more points. Uh, but other than that, Dickinson's better field goal percentage obviously more rebounds, blocking a lot of shots. Like they're both having really, really good seasons. Uh, and I think it could go either way, but I'm leaning McCuller. I think he's got a lot of juice with how his season has gone so far as kind of their, their veteran leader. And I think it would, I wouldn't surprise me if he got it, uh, but it's, it, to me, it feels like it's gonna be one of those two guys. Yeah. It's a great call. The only thing would be is if they split the vote and then it's somebody else. Same yeah, thing true. with like going back to RJ Davis and Armando Baycott or something. All right, mm -hmm. Andy, next up alphabetically is the Big East preseason. You picked Tyler Kolek, the reigning Big East player of the year. And I went with Tristan Newton coming off of being the leading scorer in the national championship game. Current top five at Ken Palm is Tristan Newton, followed by mm -hmm. Baylor Shireman from Creighton, then Tyler Kolek, Kaderi Richmond from Seton Hall, and Devin Carter from Providence, who's taken on a bigger role yeah. now following some injuries. At Torvik, Cam Spencer is actually number one, followed by Joel Sori Soriano, excuse me, from St. John's, Ryan Kalkbrenner from Creighton, Alex Caraban from UConn, and then Shireman as well. Andy. Are you sticking? Is Tyler Kolek going to win this back-to-back, -back, or are you shifting your tune? 
first of all, weird that Ken Palm and Dorvik have almost entirely different lists. Different, I yeah. Was, I was is there anybody like that? Shireman? Shireman? One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is not who I'm going with, though. I do like Baylor Shireman, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Newton. I'm going to pick switch over to your pick again. I kind of yes. alluded to it with the Take best that. point guard on the best or the point guard on the best team in the conference, uh, and that is the case with Newton. He's averaging 15, six and six. I mean, that's just ridiculous. He's a walking triple double waiting to happen. I know he's not the most efficient scorer. In fact, his efficiency numbers have actually dropped a little bit from last year, but he's putting up really, really good counting stats. UConn is clearly the best team in this conference, one of the best two teams in college basketball, and I think he's going to be the one uh, taking home this award, uh, assuming UConn doesn't stumble in a big way in the Big East. Yeah, I'm sticking with it, especially now that Donovan Klingon is back. He came back on Wednesday night, and uh, no need to relitigate it anymore. Tristan Newton's the pick. Yeah, this one's probably going to be the quickest one here as we get into the Big Ten Conference preseason. We both picked Zach Eady. Ken Palm and Torvik both have Eady first uh, in their rankings right now. For Ken Palm, the rest of the list is Tyson Walker, Michigan State, Jameer Young, Terrence Shannon Jr., and Boo Booey. Boo! For Torvik, it is Edie, followed by Shannon Jr., followed by Bruce Thornton, followed by Jameer Young, and then Stephen Crawl at Wisconsin. Uh, I'm sticking with Edie. I don't think there's really any argument to not pick Edie unless you have something up your sleeve that I'm not prepared for. No, Andy, I'm going to go with the very bold prediction here and say that Zach Edie uh, uh, wins the National Player of the yep. Year, but not that. No, I'm just kidding. Of course, Zach Edie. Let's go to the Pac-12. Andy, preseason in the Pac-12, you picked Boogie Ellis from USC as we all thought they were going to be much better than they yeah. are. And I picked Umar Balo from Arizona, who I just thought would be a force inside. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I don't think we're sticking with either mm -hmm. of those picks. Current top five at Ken Palm is Caleb Love from Arizona, followed by how wild would that be, by the way, if Caleb Love and RJ Davis yeah. were your wow. Anyway, uh, KJ Simpson from Colorado, Brandon Carlson from Utah, Umar Balo from Arizona, and Keon Brooks from Washington. At Torvik, you've got Simpson. Jalen Tyson, Boogie Ellis, Keon Brooks, and Isaac Jones from Wazoo. Mm -hmm. Andy, are you sticking with Boogie Ellis? I don't think so, given how USC is going. Yeah, I love Boogie Ellis, and honestly, he's putting up really big numbers, but no, he's not the guy. I'm going with KJ Simpson. Uh, it was close between Simpson and Love. I think there's a strong argument for either of them. Love, not super efficient. Uh, I know Tristan Newton was my pick despite that, but I think I think he fits a little bit better than Love. Uh, Simpson has just been fantastic this year. It'll be interesting to see uh, now that Colorado's back at full health, what that does to Simpson's productivity to his numbers. I think in order for Simpson to win this, Colorado needs to bump up a little bit. They've kind of been inconsistent. And if they can jump into that conversation where they are the second or even third, maybe even fourth best team in the conference, if they're as long as they're top four and Simpson produces at the level he's currently at, I think he's the one who takes on this award. Yeah, I, I think you brought up the two questions that I would have to. I'm also picking Simpson. Andy, I listed out all these comparisons to him and Caleb Love. I'm not going to run through it because of time. Mm -hmm. But just folks know that in the majority of statistical categories that the voters are looking at, yeah. Simpson has the edge on love. But yeah, with De Silva and Cody Williams both back healthy now, is that a good thing or bad thing for KJ Simpson's productivity? And will Colorado continue to be good enough for him to get the nod? Looking at the SEC for preseason picks, I picked I went with Janai Brome. I remember that being a bit of a bold prediction. You said it. Auburn. You even said this is a bold prediction. Yeah, yeah. I went with Brome, and, and Auburn has obviously been fantastic. I'm, I they spread the love a lot, so I'm not sure how that's going to result for for him in particular. You went with Wade Taylor the fourth. Everybody expecting a big jump from him. He has been inconsistent with a capital I for Texas A&M so far this year. Yeah, current top 40, 41 points on 32 shots the other night, Andy. Come on, <laughs> that is. 
that does not surprise me at all for Mr. <laughs> Taylor. Ken Palm's top list right now does have Brome number one from Auburn, followed by Mark Sears at Alabama, Wade Taylor the fourth, Dalton Connect, and Jonas Adu. Uh, no Kentucky players on that list. Again, they have spread the love in a big way, but that is surprising to see. Torvik has Sears number one, Antonio Reeves from Kentucky, Zion Pullen at Florida, Connect, and then Wade Taylor the fourth. Uh, Isaac, I'm going with Dalton Connect, and his performances the last few days in the SEC have been absolutely incredible. He hung 39 a few days ago. I think that was on uh, Ole Miss that he did that. He's had uh, over 25 points in his last three games in the conference. He's been playing some absolutely incredible jaw-dropping basketball for the Vols, and I think he's going to be the guy, unless he has a huge drop-off, he's going to be the guy who takes on this trophy. And I think part of it, too, with Connect, who's my vote as well, by the way, is the story. Like, coming up from Juco to the other UNC and Mm -hmm. now doing what he's doing at Tennessee. And by the way, because of who Tennessee is offensively, it's he's not having to share the load with yeah. anyone else like Kentucky guys or like Janai Brooms having yeah. to do with Jalen Williams, for example. Um, same, same with Wade Taylor. If he can mm-hmm. find efficiency, he's the dude. But for me, it's connect because of the numbers and because of the story. Well, Isaac, eight ranked teams are taking on unranked opponents on the road on Saturday. We're going to predict how these games go because as we have learned in the last week or so, it's almost certainly not going to be 8-0. How is this all going to shake out? We're going to talk about that. But first, today's episode of Locked On College Basketball is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs just kicked off, and there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The FanDuel app is super easy to use, and there are very so many different ways to bet, including live same-game parlays. You can find new bets in the Explore tab. You can also make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find current popular parlays. Wisconsin, 10.5-point favorites over Indiana on Friday night. We're going to get to that game and a handful of other games to close out the show, and we're going to give you our thoughts on this line. If you want to join us on that FanDuel app, visit FanDuel.com slash on and Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Well, Isaac, eight ranked teams going on the road, taking on unranked opponents. It was the biggest storyline in college basketball last week as we saw Purdue and Houston and Tennessee and just take your pick. The list goes on and on. If you're Unless you're talking about UConn or North Carolina, you're pretty much talking about a top 10, top 15, top 25 team who lost uh, in the last 10 days or so. Going to be a ton of other opportunities to do that this week. Using the AP poll, we got 1, 2, 3, 4, 9, 15, 17, and 18 all going on the road. This is just on Saturday as well. Uh, I'm going to read the games quickly right here. And then Isaac, I want to get your thoughts on how you think this overall slate's going to go. How many of these ranked teams do you think are actually going to win? How many of them might end up falling? We'll start at the top. UConn goes on the road at Villanova. That game is on eight Eastern time on Saturday. Fox Sports 1, Ken Palm favors UConn by just two Hmm. in that one. Uh, Purdue at Iowa is next. That's at 2 Eastern time on Saturday, also on FS1. That's the channel you're going to want to have on for most of the day on Saturday. Purdue favored by seven at Ken Palm. Kansas, number three, goes to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. 4 Eastern time, that one's on the Big 12 Network or ESPN+. 
Ken Palm favors the Jayhawks by 11. Number four, Carolina, the Tar Heels go into Boston College to take on the Eagles, 2.15 Eastern time. That one's on the CW for folks who are interested in superhero shows and also watching North Carolina basketball. You can check that one out there. Carolina favored by nine at Ken Palm. Number nine, Baylor goes on the road to take on Texas, noon Eastern, ESPN. Ken Palm favors the Bears by two. Then more Big 12 action, Oklahoma 15th ranked team going on the road to take on Cincinnati, one Eastern time, Big 12 network. Cincinnati by three, the first time I think we got an unranked team who was actually favored in that matchup. Then we close it out with a couple Big East teams. Number 17, Marquette at St. John's. Marquette favored by one. That one's at noon Eastern on Fox. And then Creighton at Seton Hall taking on Shaheen Holloway's squad. Also at noon Eastern time on FS1, Creighton favored there by two. So seven of the eight Ranked teams are favored. Again, this is using Ken Palm. We don't have the FanDuel lines as we're recording this right now. But according to Ken Palm, seven of those teams are favored. Isaac, do you think that ranked teams are going seven and one? Or how do you think that this is going to shake out on Saturday? There's not a snowball's chance in (laughs) heck that that's happening going seven and one. Although, Andy, uh, as I've predicted the games, I I went through each one and and kind of picked who I thought would win and why. I do have all these ranked teams with a winning record overall. I, I sorted it out to five and three. Um, what I don't necessarily feel good about though, is that I have, you know, you said one, two, three, and four in the AP poll are all in this count. I have all of them winning and I don't feel great about that. So I feel like I do need to pick like if one of the, uh, top four ranked loses who that would be. So I want to come back to that, but the three teams I have losing are Baylor at Texas, Oklahoma at Cincinnati and Creighton at Seton Hall. And so let me just briefly mention those. Um, With Baylor going on the road to Texas, Texas is coming off a loss to UCF on Wednesday night. My wife was in mourning, who's a big Texas fan. Um, And then Baylor, remember, had that tight game uh, earlier this week. And so um, they they need to kind of find stuff on the road there in Austin. But I think Texas is going to be rearing. I just see a big Dylan DeSue game in this one. For Oklahoma, going on the road to Cincinnati, Oklahoma's had a little bit of struggles um, after that undefeated start mm-hmm. to the season. Cincinnati is 2-2 two and two in Big 12 play, but they could very easily be 4-0 and oh in Big 12 mm-hmm. play, Andy. So watch that for Wes Miller's team at home. And then we've been talking about Seton Hall, man, but they just keep building this at-large resume. Creighton's been struggling despite uh, what we just talked about with Baylor Shireman being on those mm-hmm. lists. And so uh, I just think Shaheen Holloway's team, um, despite you know being the underdogs by two here, has what they need at home to be able to get another victory. And I tell you what, man, for Marquette and Creighton, it's going to be interesting if they keep taking these losses. Seton Hall is just who's six and one right now in the Big East, tied with UConn, just going to keep rising up. I, I feel like my picks are really boring, and I, I apologize in advance for these not being particularly interesting. I'm also taking ranked teams to go five and three. The three teams that I have losing are literally the three lowest ranked teams in this conversation. <laughs> Oklahoma and Creighton, you did a great job of breaking down those two games, so I won't rehash what you said there, but I do have Seton Hall beating Creighton. I do have Cincinnati beating Oklahoma. I think the only thing I'll add on that one is I think teams who are playing in a new road environment for the first time, Oklahoma has not played at Cincinnati before those big 12 teams who are new to the conference sometimes get a bit of a bump there and I think that could help the Bearcats in this one Uh, but I have Baylor beating Texas but I do have Marquette 
losing at St. John's. Rick Pitino's team has been really good in really close games. They narrowly lost to Creighton. Uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna bring it at home uh, for the Red Storm, and I think their team is 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 good enough to slow down Marquette. We've seen Tyler Kolick really struggling to yeah. shoot the basketball yeah. lately, and I just think that unless Shaka Smart's got something different up his sleeve, or unless some of those guys who've been struggling really find themselves, I, I think it could be a tough one. I'm I'm really excited about this Oso Egadaro Joel Soriano matchup in the block between these two teams. I think that's going to be an absolute blast. But to me, I think your three teams outside the top 10 are going to fall on the road. Uh, I don't feel super great like you of picking all five of the top 10 teams to win. I think, and and maybe you have some thoughts on these. Morgantown's a tough place to play, even though West Virginia is not very good. They just Uh, beat Texas there last weekend. Yeah, they just beat Texas there. Iowa, I don't love this Iowa team. but I I feel the same. Yes. And Villanova's good too. So like, I think all those teams are susceptible. Carolina is the team I feel the best about, even though they're one of the only teams here that hasn't suffered one of these losses. But uh, yeah, I I don't, there's not a whole lot of games on here that I think, oh yeah, I feel 100%. No problem. No way that team's going to lose. And the thing I didn't say about Baylor, you know, I mentioned that close win over Cincinnati, but they did just lose at Kansas State. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that there's going to be that angle with Baylor at Texas too. Um, Andy, yeah, I mean, as weird as it is, if I had to pick one of those four top four teams to go down, mm-hmm. I, like, I think it would be one of the bookends, either UConn or North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I just don't see West Virginia having much for Kansas. Yeah. I don't see Iowa have it. Like if they're going to, you know, make that a track meet with, mm-hmm. with Purdue, that, that, no, come on. Yeah. Um, but North Carolina plays at BC on Saturday and then they're back home on Monday against um, Wake Forest, who's mm-hmm. been playing really well. So I could see the Tar Heels maybe looking Look ahead a little bit. Yeah. However, let's also remember that on Wednesday night, Louisville cut into North Carolina's lead down to five. Mm-hmm. So the Hubert Davis is going to have the Tar Heels attention. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, it's just really tough to pick one of those that actually might be an upset, but I feel like it's got to happen. One of those top four is going to lose. Yeah. UConn's the best team out of this group, or at least the highest ranked team. UConn versus Purdue is an argument we've had on the show already, but they're also playing the best team uh, in Villanova out of this group. So I think that's going to be a really, really fun matchup. Uh, that is the game that is the closest, according to Ken Palm right now. Uh, I think if I had to pick one, I would probably pick... UConn to go down. I think that's right. I think that's the one I'm leaning with. It feels bizarre to say that, but I do think that that's the one that's the most likely to happen. But again, well, it's the smallest line. Of yeah, it's the, sure. yeah, it's the smallest line for a reason. Klingon is just now getting back into the mix. You know, I think that Villanova can exploit that matchup a little bit with Eric Dixon. I was like, going to say Dixon could have yeah, a big game. There's yep. some intrigue in that game uh, for sure. And I think there's there's definitely a reason to think that that could be what would be a, a very big upset, even though uh, the line in this one's pretty darn close. Well, Andy, another of the top teams in the nation is the Tennessee Volunteers. We talked about Dalton Connect's ridiculousness earlier, but they are hosting Alabama on Saturday, who's one of the only four remaining Power Six conference teams undefeated in conference play. Can Tennessee break that streak? Will Auburn hand Ole Miss a second streak loss and keep their own undefeated conference record intact? We've got that and more to preview the weekend in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Game Time. 
hey, one of your New Year's resolutions should be to go check out all the great sporting events all around you, theater, concerts, and more. Thankfully, to help you get tickets for those, there's an app called Game Time, the fast and easy way to help you get those last-minute tickets you need. They've got killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and a best price guarantee. Game Time has got exactly what you need to help you not worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. They've got you covered. Game Time, in fact, has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even while it's going on. So take the guesswork out of buying these tickets with Game Time. Download their app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Terms apply. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Andy, we are going to preview five games coming on Friday and Saturday. I feel like it's been a, a running theme lately, but Sunday is ugh. Uh, and obviously there's going to be a game or two that are going to be end up worthwhile for us to talk about on Monday, but on paper Saturday's where it's at, but also let's start tonight, Friday night as the Hoosiers travel to Wisconsin, who just got beaten for the first time in conference play earlier this week. This game is at eight 30 Eastern on FS one, man, FS one, as you said, they've got the action, this game FanDuel, We do have this line, Wisconsin by 10 and a half. And Andy, here's where I got to start to ask you about this game. Earlier in the week, Purdue was at Indiana, and we were like, man, Assembly Hall, it's a tough place to play. <laughs> Zach Eady and his teammates laughed in the face of all that great games um, from not only Zach Eady, but also Fletcher Lawyer and also Lance Jones helping Purdue just boat race Indiana. Can the Hoosiers respond? Yeah, that's the question. That's the question, because Indiana's in the midst of a really tough stretch of games right now. They got Illinois after this, and I just did a show recently with Jacob Goins, the host of Locked on Hoosiers. Fantastic show for anybody out there looking for more of a local right. angle on the that's Hoosiers right. in the Big Ten, but uh, I was shocked to find out while recording that show, looking on Ken Palm, Indiana's not favored in a single yeah, remaining game. Not one. They're, they're expected to lose every single game left, again, according oh, to Ken One of Palm. them has just flipped, Andy. Did they flip the Penn State one? Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. I don't think Indiana is going to get swept by Penn State, which is how Ken Palm had that predicted. Um, but yeah, the question for Indiana is they need to, they can't go 0-3 in this stretch. I mean, they can, and they frankly might, but the calls for Mark Mike Woodson's job are going to be at a, at a fever pitch. Uh, if they go 0-3 against Illinois, Wisconsin, and Purdue, they already got beat quite badly by Purdue. Wisconsin is also kind of pissed off right now after losing to Penn State, knowing they were on the cusp of being yeah. a top 10 team. So I think these are two teams that really need a win, two teams that are going to be fighting really hard for a win. For me, uh, the Stephen Crawl matchup with Kalel Ware and Malik Renault and how that shakes out is going to be a big storyline for this game. But uh, I like Wisconsin's guards a little bit better, and I think ultimately that's going to be the story uh, in why the Badgers take a victory. I'm not sure they're going to cover 10.5. That's a pretty uh, no. big spread for Wisconsin. I'd probably yeah. take, the, uh, take Indiana to cover the spread, but I'm taking Wisconsin to win the game. And folks, here's what you need to know about Wisconsin. If you think this is your grandmother's Wisconsin team where it's like Bo Ryan defense all the time and no offense, let me remind you that Wisconsin at Ken Palm is ranked 30th, 38th in defensive efficiency, but Andy, 6th in offensive efficiency. So yeah. this team is doing it on the offensive end. And by the way, don't forget, they still have a one-game lead over Purdue in the Big Ten play along with Northwestern and Illinois, who also have two losses. So Wisconsin trying to keep a hold of the top of the conference. And I think I'm with you. They're going to do it, but they won't cover. Andy, 
Let's go to the SEC. This is the game I think I'm actually most excited yeah. about, despite the fact that the other three games we're going to discuss pretty quickly are all ranked on rank. This is mm-hmm. Alabama at Tennessee, two Eastern on the ESPN2. Ken Palm has it, Tennessee minus four. Andy, Mark Sears suffered an injury, uh, I believe that was Tuesday night. Uh, last, I've heard, I haven't heard an update recently, but um, Coach... Uh, Oates thought that Sears would be available for this game. I hope so, because you want to see all the best players in the game. But ultimately, Dalton Connect, as we said earlier, is just rolling right now. I don't think there's any reason to think that that won't happen in particular, because Alabama's defense is 65th ranked at Ken Palm, despite that number one offensive ranking. Yeah, that's my my thought here, too. Connect has scored 25-plus points in three straight games, and he's played defenses better than Alabama's. I mean, he could (laughs) score 45 in this game. If Mark Sears is not playing in particular, that's a huge, huge downside for Alabama. Uh, We already saw Tennessee uh, have no problem playing a previously undefeated team in Ole Miss. They beat the tar out of them a few weeks ago. Uh, Alabama being undefeated in the SEC is not something that I think is going to bother Tennessee too much, especially not in Knoxville. Uh, and I think they're going to take home a uh, – honestly, I think they're going to take home a resounding victory. I think they're going to beat Alabama by 10-plus points, and I think that's going to uh, kind of quell a little bit of the momentum that has been built for the Crimson Tide uh, over the last couple of weeks. Andy, we're running a little bit short on time, so let's get to these three ranked-on-ranked matchups. I'm going to mention each one of them, and let's just give quick takes on each of them. Iowa State, number 12 or 24, excuse me, in the AP poll at number 19 TCU, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPNU. Ken Palm has it, uh, TCU minus one, 20 BYU at 25 Texas Tech, who just took their first conference loss on Wednesday night, six Eastern on ESPN2. Ken Palm has it, BYU minus two, and finally, 22 Ole Miss. At number 13, Auburn, 8.30 Eastern on SEC Network. Kent Baum has this one, Auburn by 14. Andy, good grief, two touchdowns for the Tigers in that one. Yeah, I think uh, Iowa State and TCU, BYU at Texas Tech, both fun games, both. uh, I mean, there's so many Big 12 teams ranked. It feels like half the Big 12 matchups are just going to be between ranked teams going forward. Uh, But Ole Miss at at Auburn is definitely the game I'm most excited about. Can Ole Miss respond from losing a game to LSU earlier this week? Can Auburn continue to not only be uh, an undefeated team in the SEC, but continue to beat teams often by 10, 15, 18 points? I, I think... Auburn, if they could really, really establish themselves as like, hey, we are not a team that should be outside the top 10, which was ridiculous from the AP poll. This to me is a top five borderline team. I think we had them sixth. Uh, and, and they, I think they have the opportunity to show it in a major way uh, by, by taking care of business against uh, an Ole Miss team that is good, but is stumbling a little bit right now. Yeah, especially because we've talked about, and I was actually just talking uh, a little bit earlier today with Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked on Auburn, Mm -hmm. about how at this point we view Tennessee and Kentucky as a slight tier above Auburn, Mm -hmm. but then a bigger gap from Auburn on down to the rest of the conference. Um, But this is a great opportunity for Auburn to just kind of show nationally, hey, look, we we are in that conversation with Tennessee and Kentucky, so we'll see what happens there. I'm going to go with Iowa State, by the way, upsetting TCU in Fort Worth, and then I'm going to get Texas Tech bouncing back at mm-hmm. home against BYU in that one. Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll take Texas Tech, I'll take Auburn, and then I, I'm going to take TCU. I'll, I'll, I'll go sweep with the home teams uh, here. I, I think TCU might win that one, but I think that's going to be a close game. I think all three – the two Big 12 games are going to be close. We're, I'm not so confident that Ole Miss can keep it close against Auburn. I, don't, I just don't see – yeah, I don't see that being a game. 
yeah, I don't think so. I, we'll see. We'll find out, right? No, we okay. won't find out. We already know, Andy. We already know. <laughs> now that's going to wrap it up for today here on the Lockdown College Basketball Podcast, folks. Thanks so much for making this show your first listen or your first watch of the day. Shout out to those everyday listeners and shout out to those of you who have joined us on our Discord channel. If you want to do so, there is a link in the show notes on both audio and video platforms. It is free to join. You can come talk to us about these games throughout the day on Saturday. I'm going to be sitting on my couch watching college basketball all day long, so happy to chat with all of you there. Uh, Thanks again for listening, and until Monday when we get back to recap all of these exciting games, peace out.